All right, everyone, welcome back to Quick Sticks for a bonus episode, uh, if you will. Um, women's lacrosse is headed to the NCAA tournament, and we would be amiss if we did not talk about that because that is the first time that that has ever happened in their entire franchise history. They will play Notre Dame this weekend with a chance to move on to the second round of the NCAA tournament on Sunday. Um, but, you know, we had an interview today with Katrina Silva. We'll get to that later on in the show. But as of right now, it's just myself and John Hanna. John, how are you doing? And how's your summer going so far, man? I mean, so far, so good. I uh, can't complain. Been doing a lot of work, but I got called in for jury duty yesterday. So, Oh, boy. Wow. That's fun. How about Jack Eichel? Is he getting traded? I, I don't know anymore. I, 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 I don't know. All right, but that, that's, um, that's for a different time to talk about. Yeah, that's that's a different conversation. Um, yeah. But yeah, again, a bonus episode here today. We'll have an interview with Katrina Silva, the head coach of RMU Women's Lacrosse. Um, but we'll you know do our normal show here. We'll recap the games that we missed since last episode. Men's Lacrosse is uh, done with their season. They wrapped up with two games, and since our last episode, Women's Lacrosse has not played. So we'll preview the game against Notre Dame real quick. Um, and then for men's, um, they had two games since our last episode. Uh, one was a win. One was a loss. They added a game towards the end of the schedule. That was against Syracuse. And then they played Utah, which we had our last episode right before. That was the Jimmy Perkins reunion. And they won that one 16 to, 16 to 12 on the road over Utah. Corson Keeley had four goals. And Ryan Smith became the all-time goal leader in RMU men's lacrosse. Yeah, Ryan Smith had himself a couple games because uh, obviously that big Utah win, and then heading up to uh, the new the new game they added against Syracuse, a fourteen twenty one loss. But Ryan Smith set the single season point record with seventy one points in thirteen games. That's absolutely. Uh, what's yeah. the math on that? Like, that's five goals a game, about. Yeah, uh, five points a game. Yeah. Five points, yeah, something like that. Absolutely insane. He had seven goals in this game against Syracuse, even though men's across did lose 21 to 14. You know, Syracuse is a pretty big school in terms of their men's across program, be able to compete with them. So that's good. Um, yeah, but overall, the, the number of good teams that this men's lacrosse as a uh, independent team, Syracuse, Virginia, Duke, it's just insane how many good teams they played this year. And obviously, a son next year will be a bit of a different task for them. We've seen how they played against Utah, Cleveland State, Detroit Mercy, uh, Bellarmine are all in that conference. So it'll be interesting to see how the Colonials fare against teams they've already played. Yeah, absolutely. As they enter the A Sun next season, but this season, non conference was very strange and I guess funky would be the one word that I would use to describe this team this year because they were on the road a lot. They didn't play any games in conference because they didn't have one. And they finished right around 500, a 7-6 and six record, obviously no conference, so they did not make it to the NCAA tournament. They did receive some rankings overall uh, for the men's Division One polls, but not officially ranked. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what this team is going to be like next year with a lot of, you know, the top scores and, the, and this team, you know, reliant on, uh, you know, the big guns, Ryan Smith uh, and, and company with the graduate seniors coming back. And, you know, Jimmy Perkins will probably not come back for an eighth year. So I, I don't think crazy I don't even know if there's any possible way for him to come back for an eighth year. 
But, yeah, just overall, I, I thought it was a successful season for Army men's lacrosse, despite, you know, not having much to compete for with not being in a conference. So, um, despite that, they were able to, you know, compete. And, you know, the team, as a result, is starting to gain more recognition. We saw a bunch of, you know, draftees to the NLL through the RMU men's lacrosse program, as well as Ryan Smith, who has, you know, been drafted both to the NLL, as well as the men's uh, lacrosse Premier League. So, It'll be interesting to watch his career, but I, I'm, you know, I don't want to say I'm concerned, but I'm very interested to see what this team will look like next year without all their big guns and heading into a conference. Yeah, I think they'll be fine, though. I think, uh, you know, I think they got, uh, they still have some young leadership, uh, but I think they, I think they'll still compete next year. So. Oh, absolutely. All right, so moving on to women's lacrosse, we'll just recap their regular season because that obviously concluded. Women's lacrosse, there's no easy way to say it. They absolutely destroyed the MAC this year. They won the regular season title, did not lose a game. The most that they were, the most goals that they were scored on by an MAC opponent was 12. And, you know, they put up consecutive 20 goal games, you know, some 15 plus goal games here and there. And they were led by, you know, similar to the men's, their graduate seniors. The Gandys, Kerr, Colgrove, McArdle, Burke, Miller. And, you know, again, it'll be interesting to see how this, this team will uh, be next year with those players gone. But their season is not over. As we mentioned, they'll be up against Notre Dame in the first round of the NCAA tournament. And Notre, Notre Dame's number five. So and, it'll be and Notre Dame. Game. Notre Dame's a team they know. They uh, played them 16 or played them in March, lost 16 to two. And that was in Notre Dame. Maddie Howe, four goals, six points for Notre Dame. So uh, it's going to be a tough contest. Yeah, absolutely. And just, you know, talking with uh, with Katrina Silva, she said that, you know, they don't want to, you know, overthink it. They just want to go in and play because they have nothing to lose. And we'll see if they can, you know, pull an RMU men's basketball versus Kentucky and pull the upset here. Um, if there's any team that's going to do it, it'll be this year's women's lacrosse team. They have just a tremendous senior graduate class, and you know they don't. It, they want to go out with a bang. Exactly. They don't. They don't want to go out like they like they played against uh, Notre Dame earlier this year. They want to put on a show, show they can hang with these big guns. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, even uh, if they end up losing this game, still nothing to you know be upset about this year for RMU women's lacrosse. A lot of. Uh, statistical milestones were completed. Uh, Mackenzie Gandy is the all-time leader in points. I believe Melanie, um, all-time leader in assists. Uh, there was a bunch this season, so uh, forgive me if I, you know, get these mixed up. And I believe Mackenzie got the goal record as well. So I believe so. Yeah, absolutely in incredible. You know, stellar uh, for them. And yeah, hopefully they can continue up, up against Notre Dame. So. Um, as I mentioned before, we had an interview with Katrina Silva just right before this podcast uh, aired, or I mean, I guess it's still technically going to be included in this podcast. So we'll segue into that, um, even though the interview happened priorly. Please welcome in the eighth season uh, behind the bench for RMU Women's Lacrosse, her second as a head coach. She's a former Virginia Tech Colgate and Goucher College uh, coach as well. She played the cross as well in Townsend State University as a goalkeeper. Please welcome into the podcast, Katrina Silva. Uh, I know Ryan told me you guys were just wrapping up practice and everything. So overall, we'll just start. How are you doing overall? Um, just, I don't know, just personally, how was practice today? And um, what's it going to be like going into this weekend? <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, I, I'm excited. You know, this is my third time in the NCAA tournament. Um, I went previously with, with another program. And, you know, I think you learn a lot. You know, you get older, you get wiser. There's some truth to that say, uh, statement. You know, I feel good. I feel really good. We had a great practice today. Uh, we were relaxed. We were fun. Um, you know, and I, I kept telling the girls, like, they're going to move on in the world. And I keep trying to remind them, like, take a minute right now and look around. Look at what you've accomplished. Pat yourselves on the back, and it's a huge honor to be one of the 29 teams left in the NCAA tournament. And, um, you know, we want to play fun. We want to play free. We want to play fast. Um, you know, they're the number five team in the nation. And uh, we just want to do everything we can to uh, disrupt the normal flow of life, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, well, as you mentioned, you kind of alluded to it. You've had a crazy coaching experience, especially just recently with RMU. You know, these your first two years as you just strictly being the head coach, the, you had the, the COVID outbreak, of, or just COVID yeah. in general. The first year and then second year you have all these you know graduate seniors a new conference and then you know covid still what has it been like you know being a head coach through all of this yeah well so i got the head coaching job i want to say in 2000 and maybe halfway through the year of 18 um or 19 i don't even remember anymore uh it's crazy right like yeah. you said um you know and my first year uh with robert morris we went to the nec tournament um we were one of the the top four teams we played Wagner in the semifinal and uh, we lost by one goal and you know uh it was a crazy day that was a great great lacrosse game and I really felt like our team was just poised in such a good place you know at that point we were going to return the 2020 class and I thought we were going to make this huge run for the NCAA tournament last year and then nobody made a run. We didn't go anywhere. Um, you know, in March, we were 5-2 and two with a loss to Ohio State. And, gosh, I can't remember who the other loss was to. Um, but we were playing. We were really playing well. And then COVID shut us down in March. And uh, we all know the story from there, right? Just go home for two weeks and we'll be back. And you'd, <laughs> in 14 <laughs> months. months. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, right? You know, so I, I knew this year um, when we had eight of our nine uh, seniors return from that 2020 class. I knew we were going to have a really special team. Um, you know, it's it's a lot of what the big programs get to feel all the time, where you have fifth year stay and and you know you, you get kids that that have some extra years basically of life um, sticking around your program, and we don't typically see that. You know, our kids go four years and then they're gone, and um, you know, so I knew I'd have a special group. I don't know if I realized how committed and passionate they really i mean that that's that's where COVID tests you right um how passionate are you about your sport and your craft and the love you have for your game to come out and and do it when all the obstacles are in your way and you know i made our team wear masks the entire year on and off the field i think we were one of the few teams that played lacrosse in a mask um because I just didn't want to take any chances. I didn't want to get anyone sick, and I didn't want anyone um, to miss an opportunity, you know, from catching COVID and going out. And, uh, you know, we did a diligent job, and, and uh, the kids just came back so motivated. Like, they didn't want to lose a game on their home field. You know, we were in a one-goal game with Liberty the very first game of the season. I felt like we had practiced for, like, six seconds. <laughs> you know, that was about all the time we got together. And I'll tell you the grit and passion that it just really showed. And um, I realized at that point, like this, this team is could really 
make a dent. Yeah, absolutely. And you guys will obviously look to try and make a, a dent in the NCAA uh, tournament this this upcoming weekend. You guys play Notre Dame. You already have played Notre Dame this season out of conference, of course. But uh, what are some things in that game you felt as if uh, the team learned from a matchup that you know you can hopefully benefit you having that game earlier on in the season and now meeting them again in the playoffs? Yeah, and you know what we keep talking about is like COVID has not been great, but sometimes it gave you some really great gifts. So we originally had Notre Dame on our schedule. Then we lost it because the ACC had to restructure some scheduling. Um, we got bumped off the weekend that we had. And then all of a sudden, two days before we play Notre Dame on March 6th, the head coach calls me. He's like, hey, Katrina, are you free Saturday? I'm like, yeah, actually. I said, we go to Butler on Sunday. She's like, great, let's play on Saturday because we just had a COVID cancel. And I was like, Sure. <laughs> we could be free Saturday. Um, so it was just really, really fortunate that we got that that game back. Um, you know, because we had had it, lost it. And for us, we just didn't get a lot of time to prepare, which is something that we really like to do. And it also didn't give us a really a chance to overthink the game too much, which sometimes happens with athletes. Um, so we showed up. Uh, we had like a day and a half to get ready for it. And, and we played really well. I know the 16-2 to two is like, oh, it was like, oh. Um, you know, for the amount of time we had to prepare and what we uh, knew about them, you know, I think we went in, I think in the first 20, 25 minutes, it was only five to one, which is a really, you know, pretty great score for, for the amount of time we, we were, what we were doing. And I think we learned, like, Notre Dame is really fast. They're the number five team in the nation for a reason. They're really fast. They're really skilled. But like every great team, they have a lot of tendencies. So now, this time, we've gotten to go and break down their last seven or eight games. You know, we get to identify their tendencies. And, um, you know, last time we went toe-to-toe with them running up and down the field. And, uh, you know, that that was definitely – I wanted to see how fast they really were. And that that's where they stretched the game out in us. They got a couple fast break goals um, that started to open up the score a little bit. So we need to fix that, right? So we already know we're going to work on dropping back and slowing them down hopefully a little bit and at the same time uh you know our attackers now have a chance to prepare for how much pressure that Notre Dame defense can put on you and uh make the adjustments and we've been playing against similar defenses all spring now you know and we think we have a really good shot absolutely yeah um and you mentioned kind of just the overthinking aspect um what is the mentality in the locker room heading into this game you know Obviously, an important matchup, first NCAA tournament game uh, for RMU women's lacrosse. But you play in a very good team in, in Notre Dame. Um, but how important is it to stay optimistic in these situations and not just go in saying, you know, oh, we're going to lose, you know, and only score two goals like we did at the beginning of the year? Yeah, I, I think it's it's really the opposite. You know, like when, when we've had now time to prepare and do the things that we want to do. We really know what we're up against. Um, you know, we got to see a lot more of the kind of help defense that they play. And, you know, we think we can keep the ball hot and move it around. And, and the secret is going to be get everyone involved. Um, you know, we have Mackenzie and Melanie Gandy, and, and, and those girls are special. And But if, it, if it's only those two, then we're in a lot of trouble. So we have to have an offense on the field that, that any one of the seven can score. And I, I think that our midfielders are more prepared for this game. They know what to expect um, and know where their opportunities are going to be. And, um, you know, our defense knows what we're up against. We know how fast they are. We know how physical they can be. But this time we feel like we have a lot more opportunity to 
to throw some changes at them and, and get them focused on us. But I, I think, that, you know, like any game, um, you know, I, I, I don't know if I ever, you know, the kids will tell you, I don't know if I ever think that we're not going to win. You know, there's probably something, you know, like wrong with me. I'm always <laughs> like, if we do this and we do that, we're going to be all right here. And the honest truth is, you know, you got to keep it with him. You got to match. You know, you got to keep it close throughout the middle of the game. That way, you know, the, ultimately the team that's more prepared will probably win. And, you know, we just need to keep ourselves throughout this whole game. If something doesn't go our way, just brush it off and, hey, let's get the next one. And, um, you know, I just feel like that's the way the girls haven't really embraced right now because practice was fun and upbeat and, you know, people were laughing and playing fast still and still working hard. But I didn't see that, like, tentative like, oh, oh boy, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and that's what happens when you overthink, right? When you start thinking, oh, this could be my last game or, you know, oh, they're Notre Dame. Then, then you know, you're in a whole world of trouble. But uh, I, I really don't – I feel like we feel really good right now about where we are, what we've done, our body of work throughout the year, and um, what we can bring to this game. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned just kind of like the, the atmosphere with, you know, the you've said the girls, you've used the terms a lot. And from what I've, you know, interviewed players and things like that, they, they enjoy playing for you and just, you know, the family aspect of it. It, it feels really like a community and a family. And, you know, it, it definitely improves on the score sheet. You guys were 10-0 in the MAC this year. Um, speaking of the MAC, you know, you guys controlled it this season. You won the regular season title. And, you know, the most the most that uh, uh, MAC opponent scored on you guys was, I believe, 12 goals in one game. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on the division as a whole? I was asking a couple of players on this, you know, you know, because, you know, there were some competitive games, but, you know, there were some not very competitive games, if we're being completely honest. And what do yep. you think RMU, you know, could, could look forward to in the future uh, for years to come in the MAC? Yeah, well, I mean, the crazy thing is some, some of the programs are newer, Um you know, Central Michigan and us, we, we had the closest of the two games. Um, and they have a, a couple of years on some of the programs. Um, you know, I think it's, we left the NEC. And the NEC is, is very cutthroat. <laughs> I mean, if you lose one game in the NEC in the regular season, that could be it for your entire year. Um, and because, you know, a lot of teams beat each other. So we've been playing with that pressure you know, since I arrived as the assistant in 2012, I think we only missed one NEC tournament in my entire time. And, you know, I think that goes back to, you know, you can't start prep preparing all of a sudden. It's got to be diligent. You have to do it every year. You have to keep the same mindset. So I think we took that NEC mindset that we learned, like, there's no easy day and there is no game off and you don't look at opponents differently. You bring your best game every single time you step on the field and their job is to bring their best game every single time on the field. And, uh, you know, so I think the NEC prepared us really well. You know, and then I start, you know, I really want us to think about building a legacy. You know, you look at some other uh, teams in Division One lacrosse, one of them being Stony Brook. They're a really, really good program. They have 51 conference wins before they lost their first conference game. That's a couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> so my whole thought this year has been we had this remarkable gift of COVID where we got eight of our nine seniors to come back and start building this legacy that, you know, we have no plans of, of losing anytime soon. You know, I was sort of joking with the kids the other day and I said, look, 
you know, I, I want to be dead and gone before we lose an NFC game or a, a Mac game. And the kids were laughing. I'm like, all right, I know I'm old, but like, I'm not that close. So, <laughs> you know, um, so I think that that's the mentality we're trying to build. And then as you build that mentality, you know, there's always a target on your back. And what that will do is prepare you for the NCAA tournament. Yeah, which absolutely. Is where you, you either win or you go home. And, and there's no second chances out here. So, um, you know, to me, this is this has all been uh, as crazy and awful as COVID has been. It's also been a really unique blessing. Yeah, I'll, I'll commend you on that as well. You know, from some of the games that I caught this year, you guys, you know, were up what, maybe 20, you guys scored like 20 goals against the team and, you know, the Gandys were still out there and, you know, you weren't taking the, the foot off of their, the team's throats. And, you know, I really, you know, like that style of play. Um, and again, I'd be amiss if I didn't ask you this question as well. And you've alluded to it a lot so far in our conversation. You know, how important is it to have those graduate seniors that have come back and just, you know, the Gandys, Colgrove, Miller, Kerr, whoever it is, yeah. just, it's, I mean, I, it makes your job a lot easier, I'm assuming, does it not? It does. It does. I mean, you know, look, we knew in, you know, geez, however long ago, they were a special class when we recruited them. Um, and I was the assistant back then. And I, I kept trying to tell them as freshmen, like this class, you could tell when you brought them in, you brought them together. Uh, the rule was always like, we didn't want classes bigger than eight. And when I was recruiting that class, I was the assistant and I kept saying to our head coach, we're going to take a class bigger than eight. And she's like, you know, you know, it's hard to keep track of that many freshmen. And I said, no, these kids are different. This is a really great group. And Megan Krauss was part of that group. And Annie Sachs was part of the group. Uh, Megan decided not to pursue her fifth year. Annie transferred after her first year. But I kept saying, like, you know, Kate, I really think we're on to something here. This is a group of kids that, that already seem to get along and fit our personality and fit the way we want to build this thing. And look at what they've done. Yeah. You know what I mean? They have they have changed the path for Robert Morris women's across forever. And, you know, there's not a lot of kids that, that, that get to say that. And now the gift it really is going to be, can they instill the legacy so that even when they're gone, A, people are still telling stories about them. And then B, like they started this. And it's not going to stop anytime soon. So like what you were saying, like, it's funny how much we didn't play the Gandys this year. <laughs> you know what I mean? But we mix them. So typically in the past, we couldn't even, years before, we couldn't even take them out of the game. They'd be like, I need a break. I'm like, nah, you'll be fine. Keep going. You know? And then this year, what you did was cycle them. That's why you kept seeing them. Yeah. So Mel and Ken's, we would split up and they'd have to learn to play with the other kids, the younger kids, so that if you really want to create a legacy and you really want to create impressions in young women, they're going to play, you know, you can't have kids standing on the bench, not in the game. And we've, we've done a great job of managing our roster. We've had every kid in, you know, I think at least nine games this year, which is, you know, building your depth, building your future and getting kids to understand they're not out there watching the games play. They're playing right alongside of them and that the future will be that they step in and step up. Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, I'm really, really proud of our young women and, and we are close and we are a family. And I know that's so cliche and everybody says it, um, but you know it when you feel it, right? Yeah. And I think when you watch our kids celebrate on the sidelines and cheer each other on and and just, you know, when kids score goals on the field, you know, there's just really, there's, there's truly a care and concern for each other. And uh, that just makes my job really special. Yeah, absolutely. But um, 
you know, you guys got one more game left for this season and or at least one more game left. Hopefully uh, more than that. Um, I wish you all the best of luck uh, this weekend. And, you know, I hope well, hopefully we can do another episode, you know, if you guys march towards uh, the second well, round. I mean, that's what our goal is, right? We said that we have nothing to lose. We go into Friday. We play fun. We play fast. We ruined Notre Dame's year. I'll be sad for Notre Dame, but not that sad. Yeah. Um, you know, like our job is to really try to come out there and, and give it everything we have. And if we can get ourselves to Sunday, man, that's a dream come true. All right. Well, I wish you the best of luck. Thank you for joining us. I'm going to edit this up a little bit later. But, um, but yeah, this will be up on Colonial Sports Network and RMU Century Media. So thank you for joining me. Awesome. Thank you so much. And, of course, good luck this weekend. All right. Thank you for uh, Katrina for joining the show. And again, hopefully we thank can make all of you. Thank you all of you for, uh, you know, staying along with us, keeping updated on RMU men's and women's lacrosse. Yeah. And who knows, maybe we'll even include a, a neck, an episode next week. If you know, women's lacrosse is able to pull the upset on Notre Dame. But as, as again, just to mention that game will be May 14th. We're recording this on May 13th. It'll probably be out the same day as well. So tomorrow at 1 PM on I the road. In Notre Dame. I believe it's on, uh, ESPN Plus. I don't know ESPN if it's a specific like ESPN. ACC thing, but it should be ESPN Plus if you want to watch that. I know I caught a bit of the Syracuse men's game on ESPN Plus. So, so yeah, uh, thank you all for tuning in this season. Um, you know, hopefully we'll be able to record another episode, but if not, um, that'll conclude uh, this season. And me and John are both juniors, so thank you all for sticking with us through our junior year, not only on uh, Quick Sticks here, but for Stack to Pads for hockey as well. We'll catch you guys all next season, um, and hopefully these teams can be just as good as they were this year. It was really fun to cover these teams because they're pretty good. I mean, and, you know, they have their ups and downs. Lacrosse mm -hmm. isn't always one of those sports that, uh, you know, gets the top-tier coverage. So it's, you know, it's nice to, to be able to provide that for some of the best yeah. teams on campus. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, arguably, I know I'm a little bit biased here because I ran the lacrosse and hockey podcast this year, but I think these are some of the best teams on campus, as you mentioned, you know, very underrated. Um, and yeah, we'll look to cover them on our endeavors through our senior year, which is crazy. I still remember doing the penalty kicks podcast my freshman year for soccer, or for uh, soccer. But anyways, again, up next for women's lacrosse, May 14th, which is tomorrow, 1 p.m. versus Notre Dame for the first round of the NCAA tournament. And then for men's lacrosse, they're starting their offseason and the recruiting process for RMU Century Media, Colonial Sports Network, RMU Radio, John Hanno and Krebs, Nate Breisinger, whoever else was on this podcast. Thank you all for tuning in, and we'll see you guys next year.